my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Namahi te and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where for this go-round, I'm joined by a former Samoan international and a former coach of mine, now former coach, and Daniel Ferrani. First of all, boss, thank you very much for setting some time aside to talk with me, and uh, why don't you let us know how you're doing? You know, thanks, man. Thanks for letting me jump on your podcast, bro. Yeah, things are going all right. Can't complain, eh? Legs are still ticking along. Kids are keeping me honest. So, yeah, yeah, can't complain, mate. Life's all good. I know both of us have a bit more free time now than what we did during the season. So, has that been dedicated to anything in particular or has it just been chill? No, it's, it's been really good, actually. Being able to do a couple of things that uh, obviously wasn't able to do during uh, rugby season. You know, rugby takes up a lot of time. So, just happy to just chill out like you said and and do a couple of things that I actually enjoy doing and yeah just do my own stuff really and then get involved with uh, and reconnect with uh, my kids sport you know, those kinds of things and spend time with the family and try my hand at a, a few DIY projects that I've put off for like ever <laughs> you know things that you know you try and say yeah, I'll do it next week or in the off season the off season comes you're bit tired <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh, yeah the, the, the wife's got a whole list of things going there. i'm just trying to get through that list mate <laughs> she's got a target for me to reach every saturday sunday i probably yeah i, I don't reach that target <laughs> <laughs> but hey well what do you do mate just just got to give it a nudge eh? exactly bro exactly and what about for summer i know it's fast approaching you got anything planned you going away with the family at all yeah well obviously with uh the pandemic mate all those things kind of a little bit hesitant uh, to go and yeah we usually go camping every year in the summer get kids connected with the outdoors and get rid of all this these electronic devices and just yeah get uh, get out there be one with nature so to speak because I'm not a, I'm not an outdoor person but I just try and fake it and just say kids mate this is what we got to do <laughs> get out there pitch a tent uh, go swimming all the things that I'm used to set but hey if, uh, if I'm allowed out there trying to show them how to do it, that they won't do it themselves, I guess. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. We might just do a couple of local trips, see what happens. Try, the thing is just try and get out there with, with nature, really. Try and do some camping and not eat too much. Don't want to see that waistline expand too much. I think I'm pretty much the same, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's a weird time we're living at the moment, but I yeah, think bro. with summer approaching, it just gives us the opportunity to, I don't know, everyone seems to unwind at this time of year and the weather's turning itself on i think it's been drizzling a little bit the last hour but for the most part it's mm. been a lot better than what it was during the winter um and i know that you wrapped up your coaching gig with me in what august and then you did a bit of work with the 19s how'd that get on yeah the the one in the 19th program was, was really good actually it was really enjoyable working with a bunch of um talented young men and had a pretty good coaching group that was yeah, it was just good to be in and around a, a different group, different environment. Obviously, group footy nowadays, the youngsters are pretty keen to make a mark for themselves and have an opportunity to get a foot in the door and try to make a career out of it, which is which is good. So a little bit different from Wainui, mate, where you're <laughs> struggling for some numbers, mate. You're struggling to get the boys down to training. They look out the window, oh, it's a bit cold, a bit dark, you know. So, <laughs> 
like flick the old text to, to Gail and say, ah, working late. But we know working late, really? 5.30 in winter, you working late? Kidding me. <laughs> but oh well. But uh, the 90s was good, man. We had a good campaign. Went through undefeated. Oh, uh, no, no. Sorry. Uh, we, we went down to uh, Waikato in the, in the, in the preseason hit up. But, you know, we had some good, good hit ups against uh, Canterbury, Tasman. And then obviously we played the Hurricane Shield against Manawatu and Hawks Bay. And we rounded up our, our comp against our Wanganui development. So yeah, lots of, um, lots of talent, lots of talent. And some really dedicated young men, which is good to see. A bunch of 89 year olds, you know, if I was 89, when I was 89, I don't think I was that dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> but, but these youngsters, they, yeah, they, they, yeah, it's good to see them out there. They're pretty inquisitive, uh, ask a lot of questions, keep you honest, keep you on your toes. So, yeah, that was good. It was quite refreshing, actually, to be in that environment. Oh, good. and, so, and the, coach, yeah. the coaching group, sorry, the coaching group was, was, was refreshing as well. It was good to get some, bounce some different ideas off, uh, obviously, coaches from, from other clubs and <coughs> Trent from, from Tawa. You know, he's, he's a young, uh, he's going to be a good, good coach, you know. Uh, obviously, I've, I've done a little bit with Eugene Smith as well. So, uh, uh, and he was our head coach. So, yeah, learning from those guys. And also, we had you know a real good management group. You know, from our trainers, uh, Koji, he does does some stuff with the Hurricanes. Got his own gig. And then, yeah, everything was was pretty good. I just go there, do my bit. I could just focus on that. There's no peripheral issues going on. There's nothing else. I just go on and do do the mahi and then get out. <laughs> That was good, mate. It was good. So long story short, you just didn't have to deal with Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> my man Smitty. Oh, I miss him. I miss my little buddy. Uh, one, oh, man, I enjoy, enjoy Wainui. Love Wainui. You know, the, yeah, good good boys. You know, you, you guys, well, I can say you guys because you're a part of them. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, yeah, had our own, own challenges, different challenges. But, you know, I've always said it, man. We've always punched above our weight and exceeded expectations. And I think that's what we like. You know, we're against the wall kind of club so we enjoy you know coming out the other end with you know some good results and upsetting the form book just didn't go our way this year just for whatever reason couldn't really yeah. quite figure that out but i mean you're a part of it so it was yeah up, up and mm -hmm. down. i was gonna say as well because you've done a bit of coaching <coughs> all over the different ranks and this might seem like a dumb one but is it easier to coach kids than coaching men, do you feel like they listen to you a lot more? Nah, I've, I've, I've never really had any issues with getting people's attention. <laughs> I guess it's, <laughs> you know, it helps that I'm 6'4 and 100 plus keg. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I think um, boys generally listen if, if they know what you're talking about. But if, if you don't know what you're talking about and you don't do the work, whether you're a six year old kid or a 30 year old, father of three they can pretty much see through uh, a coach that's not prepared not organized doesn't really know what they're talking about so i think that goes with anything people can see through the bs so yeah um, if you just put the work in and you, you have your convictions and you're pretty sure and you believe in your philosophy and the message comes through it should be okay yeah but personally if you can ask me whether it's easier <laughs> well no, I don't want to coach kids. <laughs> no, you, should, you should see me try and coach my my son's uh, six year old touch team on a Friday, mate. 
It's the most stressful <laughs> hour and a half of my life, mate. <laughs> but you know, organising those kids, like, chucking them in my van and getting them down to the touch game was like, jeepers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nah, so it's pretty good. As long as you've got some fairly good um, people, you create a good environment, just takes care of yourself, really. I mean, you, you've got to get some bad eggs, but you always get some bad eggs. Mm. It is what it is. You just got to do it. All right, man. I think we've got an overview of what you've been up to lately. Um, and the reason I've got you on is to talk about you and your rugby career. So why don't you take us back to where you grew up and who got you involved in the game of footy? Oh, yeah. Sweet, the boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I grew up watching my uncles play. Uh, they played for, I guess, like a lot of Islanders that came over back in, you know, the 70s, 80s, New Zealand, you know, they came over and you know, outside of church like anything, sport, rugby. So I just grew up following my uncles, really. My uncle used to make me, uh, well, yeah, pretty much drag me out of bed, chuck me in the car and just go down in the park and, and watch him play, really, watch him train. So I just got it, yeah, just picked it up from there. And a couple of boys down my street, like a lot of Kiwis back in the day, just play touch, eh? touch on the road and all those kinds of things. So I just started from that. Yeah, just started from that. And then I wasn't really that into rugby when I was in my teens. I was more of a, a basketballer when I was uh, in college. Basketball was, was my sport uh, and, and volleyball. I mean, I played a little bit of cricket in, in the summer, but rugby was just one of those things where, well, shucks, we went professional in 96. So lucky enough that, you know, um, my school actually, we didn't have a, a first 15. Well, we did, but we were useless. So useless that I um, <laughs> I played I played a couple of games of first 15 in third form. And I remember we played uh, VR and I was a I was a fullback, mate. That was the scariest day of my life. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they put up a couple of up unders, man. I think, mate, all I remember was I didn't even get close to the ball, mate. I didn't even get close to it. <laughs> and I uh, just got just got smoked by all those boys from VR, eh? Just some, yeah, just some of the old boys, your brothers and that. They were playing for the, at school back in those days. So some... Um, yeah, some some names from back in back in the nineties, eh? So we just joined, so because our school didn't have a first fifteen, we uh, we just had to play for Batoni if you wanted to play rugby. So in fourth form, we did a rugby team. Everyone went and played league, played for Randwick. The boys got you know, like free headgear, shoulder pads, and, and that kind of stuff to go play league. So they went and played league. I couldn't drive to Randwick out of nine eyes, so I just walked over there to because I just stayed playing playing rugby. Uh, so I played for Petoni under 19s when I was uh, 14. Uh, back in those days, there was like uh, three under 19s teams for for Petoni. So yeah, my first year, uh, I was playing for under 19 C, I think, the third under 19 team. Uh, yeah, and I was 14, and I remember I went to the trials and they said, "Oh, what position do you play?" And I go, oh, "Playing the back." So they go, "No, no, no, you're playing rock, mate." <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was only 14. I was like, oh, F this now. I want to play rock. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, play backs up until I was 14. And then it gets to Petone. And they're like, oh, yeah, you play lock because you're tall and you're skinny and you can jump. Because back in those days, didn't have any, any lifters. So, mm. yeah. But, yeah, so just, just from there, really. And I just played played 19. And a couple of years later, we played under, I played under 21s. And I played with some of my mates. Um, yeah, just stuck it out, and then uh, I was lucky enough to 
uh, my last year of school, uh, I actually had a rugby agent, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, funny, right? He was, he was my old, he was my old uh, form teacher. And um, he said, oh, I've got, you a, I've got you a contract down in Southland. If you want to, if you can, you want to get out of Wellington and go play down in Southland and, you know, you can, you can work and, and play for this club down in Southland. So I thought, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> Give it a nudge, eh? <laughs> None of, all the boys were just, they, they, we didn't know what we were going to do. I was, yeah, didn't really know what I was going to do. I was going to, you know, I wasn't, at that stage, I wasn't, my grades weren't too flash. <laughs> I wasn't, uh, <laughs> Doing too well in the old old schools, I was too distracted playing too many sports. So I thought, oh yeah, let's just uh, yeah give it a nudge. So I went and went to Macargo for a year, and uh, it was probably there where I got a bit of a yeah bit of a taste for rugby training, and that's pretty cool just to play and get a bit of coin back in those days. Yeah, it was always a lot. <laughs> but obviously peanuts now. But yeah, so it was from there, and then. Um, yeah, I was I was 18, and then I got a uh, well, I was playing a ride, I guess, down there. Played for a club called Waikiki, and uh, me and another guy from Wellington, Patonu's older brother, Palari Philly, he made the Highlanders that year. So we went down. Yeah, things worked out. Uh, I got onto the Southland kind of scene for a little bit, uh, and then I got a trial trial a trial for the New Zealand 19s. So, yeah, I guess just from that, things just, yeah, just kind of progressed. And then I got into the uh, New Zealand Rugby Academy. I was part of the second intake. And New Zealand Rugby Academy was, yeah, that was a pretty cool thing. That gave me an opportunity to, to study because they paid for, paid for my, uh, my teacher's training college. And we got a monthly allowance. So <laughs> back in those days, shucks, what did we get? We got like, I don't know, 600 bucks a month or something. You know, which is oh, yeah, five, five, six hundred bucks a month, which was massive considering it was two it was, on a Wednesday night, it was two dollars for a beer. <laughs> so you got <laughs> 600 bucks, mate. So you, you, you're the king of the, you're the king of the city, mate. Oh. So you got to remember that was back in mid 90s. So, uh, yep, so I was in the academy, heaps of uh, future all blacks in there. So I, I had a pretty good intake. We had a uh, Reuben Thorne, Chris Jack, uh, Royce Willis, Rico Gear, just heaps of guys come come the same age, and they went on to become bloody good all blacks. So mm-hmm. it was just good to be a part of that environment. And then, uh, yeah, I just got called back. I got a call from the Wellington Colts coach just to see if I wanted to come back and leave Southland. Yeah, I had a few things going on down in South and wanted to get away from. So I just thought, <laughs> oh, yeah, I might as well get out of here because I had too much mischief to face. <laughs> so, yeah, I just uh, cut a track, left left a little bit early uh, from, from, from in the car in South and came back to London and played Colts. And yeah, just kind of just snowballed from there. I mean, I didn't go and go on and have a great career in regards to rep footy and that and but uh got some good opportunities from that gone to uh line squads and all those kinds of things hurricane development teams in there for a little bit and uh picked up a couple of uh injuries just just bad timing really yeah just got, got some injuries and then uh, some young guys well younger guys some some pretty well-known younger guys came through and 
yeah, it's there's history really. So yeah, guys like uh, obviously the late great Jerry Collins, a couple of years younger, he came through. He was a bit of a phenomenon at, at school, and yeah, he was just he was just a different beast. Um, and Rodney Rodney Shalala came through, and yeah, he's there was no upset in that guy. You know, he's within a couple of years he's the All Black number eight. So I was fighting fighting a losing battle there. So I tried. I bounced around a little bit. I was going to go to uh, Taranaki. Um, went up there, played a couple of club games in 2000. But um, yeah, same thing, just no focus, <laughs> you know, and mischief. So came back, came back down to Wellington, and yeah, I missed a couple of games uh, for Petoni because I was up, I was up, up the line in Taranaki. And then I came back and. No regrets because that's the year we came back. I came back and um, we won the Jubilee Cup with Tony in 2000. So, yeah, it was good. It was, it was, it was good to win that. But, uh, you know, that sliding doors moment where you think, oh, maybe if I stay in Taranaki, maybe something might happen. But, uh, no regrets, man. It is what it is. I've got a pretty good good memory about winning that Jubilee Cup for uh, with, with the club at the time. And then I just, yeah, I just got back into... Got, overcame some injuries, then I, I trained pretty hard, uh, made the sevens team, I, the academy stuff finished up, uh, and, and uh, yeah, just got an opportunity to, to, to play for Samoa for the sevens, so that's where international stuff started really, was was playing playing sevens for Samoa, I had an opportunity earlier in, in the mid-90s, mid but I turned it down to play, well, well to sign with the academy, so I didn't play for Samoa. What I played for Samoa sevens and tens back in '96, and then I signed with uh, NZRFU to be a part of the academy for three years. As soon as, soon as that finished up, I just reevaluated. I wasn't I wasn't going to crack it with um, you know anything else. So Samoan opportunity came. Thought it was a good opportunity to obviously train and play and, and travel. Travel was a big thing. I really wanted to travel, and that really um, was something I really wanted to do. So I knuckled down. Trained pretty hard for a couple, three years, and went to the World Cup with Samoa for sevens in Argentina. And just while I was over there, an English guy, he was like, "Oh, you want to come and play some footy in England?" So I was like, "Oh yeah, sweet, <laughs> sounds good." <laughs> so yeah, I just got back pretty much after this one of our sevens um, tournaments, two days to. No, not two days, it's a lie. Um, about a week, because I had to get a visa. Came back, apart from my visa, it took me a week. And then I was, I was on the plane over to England. Just went over to England. Had some good times there. <laughs> played, uh, played some low-level rugby. Thought it was about to travel. And then uh, came back in 2003, I think. Yeah, it was the the World Cup. And then uh, I thought, well, shucks. It'd be good to go to World Cup. So I got serious again and... A mate of mine got me over to Italy. Uh, played in Italy for a year for Viadana. Uh, trained and then, uh, yeah, just got injured. Uh, hurt my back. So I came back to New Zealand to rehab. And then, yeah, I just got another call again from, from another, uh, well, no, a mate of mine actually, to, to come and uh, fill in for a team in, in, in England. They were playing second div. Went over. And then, uh, yeah, stayed there for another couple of years. And then out of nowhere, when I was playing rugby in England, the coach for uh, oh, Harlequins, 
um, just as when they were in the in the seconders. We played them. And their old director of rugby was um, Rudolf Strauli. He's the ex-South African or Springboks coach from 95, or assistant coach. Um, yeah, he just asked me to go over to go over to South Africa and uh, play for the Sharks. So I thought, oh, yeah. South Africa sounds warm, man. <laughs> so I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be pretty cool. <laughs> go over to South Africa and train and play and obviously experience the country. So I thought, Sharks, that's pretty cool. Give that a nudge. So, yeah, went over there went for a couple of years. But at that stage, we were on tour with uh, Samoa. So I was touring and I got over there towards, well, at the end of the Curry Cup. Uh, towards the end, so I missed most of that. So I just got there, just trained for the for the Super Rugby season. So yeah, played that again, good times and pretty lucky. We travelled back to obviously Australia and, and New Zealand to play some games, and we were gone for like six weeks. We were on the road for like six weeks. We started in Aussie, we came to New Zealand, then we back to Aussie, then we went back. No, no, sorry, then we went back to to Zarefka. Yeah, we were gone for like six weeks. So. It was tough for, for the South African boys because, you know, six weeks, mate, you know, look at COVID now, what it's doing to everyone, you know, everyone gets a bit scared crazy. But I was right because I was on tour, but it was like I was coming home to tour. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was touring New Zealand and we played the Hurricanes at home and my family came and watched. So, you know, we played the Highlanders down there and the family came down and watched us play there. So, yeah, mate, it was just, yeah, I was having, I was having a good time. <laughs> no dramas from on my end, but then uh, yeah, some other things came up. Some things that yeah, a little bit um, yeah, they kind of just came up, and another opportunity came in France. So yeah, I just took it. So I, I cut my contract short in in South Africa, and I went over to over to France. So. Yeah, the team just got, a team that just got promoted to the top 14. So I thought, oh, give that a nudge because you know, top 14, France, and you know, lifestyle again, traveling. So that was really good. But it was funny. I went to, so I went to France and, uh, mate, hilarious. I went there and uh, a mate of mine, he showed me a, a newspaper clipping of, of, of me going over. At that stage, so I was like, well, what, what does it say? And he's like, oh, wait, check this out. And then he was translating it, and he's like, oh, yeah, so bro, I didn't know you played paid winger. And I was like, bro, I'm not a winger. And he goes, bro, read this. And I was like, Starborn International uh, Sharks winger. And this got me down as a winger. And they go, winger slash midfielder slash lock slash number eight. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where you guys got this from, but that's not me, mate. I'm not a winger. <laughs> but funnily enough, I mean, one of the pre or two preseason games for the Sharks, I was on the wing. I don't know. They probably thought I was going to be Jonah, but that was never going to happen. <laughs> uh, there's no Jonah Lomu here, mate. Just Jonah Lumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, France, it's good, man. Enjoyed it. Um, had a good, good, good time from there. That's pretty much where I, uh, I stayed until I came back, came back to New Zealand, ended up, you know, in France for about nine years. It's good, listen to good people. Um, yeah, man, different rugby. Just, yeah, real gladiatorial and real, it's real funny how uh, European rugby, how you compare European rugby to, 
rugby down, you know, obviously in New Zealand. Like over there, it's like six foot five, a hundred. You know, you, they feel that when they play at home, but when they play away, mate, they're like uh, it's total, total opposite. So it's like they play just to get a bonus point for away games, or if you get a draw, that's like a win for them, or bonus point like a win. It's like they just give everything just to win your home games, away games. Uh, it's like we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so that was interesting, but uh, yeah, man. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. I mean, I came back, so I'd give, give coaching a, a nudge. I mean, like, it sounds like you've been all over the place, bro, not only in New Zealand, but also overseas. You've done a fair bit of traveling. And I've and I got a few questions to, to pick out from um, all that you've just relayed, um, and I'll try and go through it in chronological order. Uh, yeah. you, you talked about the New Zealand Academy, and now that was, you know, when you were sort of coming out of school and coming into your own, so to speak, at the time, that was when the game adjusting professional. And so I guess the whole sort of training full time and, you know, building good habits compared to, you know, what it was in the amateur days, you know, that was just all, all sort of fresh, especially for someone like you leaving school. Cause it was like, okay, yeah, I've got an opportunity to make money playing rugby. So, but how does that, dif- can you compare it to what you've seen now? Like what is the New Zealand, what was the New Zealand rugby Academy? And like, is it very similar to what like the local academies train and, and do nowadays? Um, I guess just from the outside looking in with particularly with the Wellington Academy because I, I see a bit of, of what they do there I guess it's um, kind of similar it's a similar model you know you get them in and give them some specialist coaching uh, specialist advice not just with rugby and training but career choices and uh, trying to help them out after rugby and they try to do that with uh, NZ Academy we'd get together um, for camps uh, every year uh, and then I think I mean, six months or a year we get together and we used to get together at the, um, the rugby institute in Palmy and do different things there but yeah it was just at that at the NZ Rugby Academy was you know was the identified as the, the tw- 20 best up and coming players between the ages of 18 and 21 or 18 and 20 I can't remember and um, yeah it was it was about yeah just giving you exposure to be around other players uh, obviously, like, like you mentioned, it was amateur, so we really didn't have a blueprint to, 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 to compare ourselves to in regards to what we need to do in regards to training, diet, you know, all those things that are massively important, and then obviously set yourself up outside of rugby, whereas now with, you know, the Wellington Academy, for example, mate, they look after you, and they, even with the school rugby system, you know, they, you get set up pretty well with the school rugby system, you know, you get identified as a first 15 rugby player, and you go to a a rugby school, so to speak, particularly if you look at uh, Auckland schools, you get pretty much groomed from you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 to get yourself prepared to become a part of an academy or representative setup. And then with professional rugby, man, they, they're snapping up youngsters. So again, those youngsters, 18, 19, uh, they go into a semi-professional, I guess, environment with ITM and then a fully professional environment with, with uh, super rugby, you know? So you look at a guy like... Uh, you know, Ruben Love, for example, you know, he played with us straight out of school, uh, first year out of school last year. He was kind of identified as, you know, a uh, real good potential part of the academy. And he's probably the exception, not the norm, because he's, he, he, took, he took to that environment like a, a duck to water, you know, because he's pretty focused. So a kid like him, he's going he's gonna to fit in seamlessly, you know, he's going to really soak up um, everything that's 
that's thrown to him. Whereas, you know, looking back, you know, I didn't really know too much. Like I said, I wasn't playing school footy. So I was playing 19s when I was only 14. And that environment was different because, you know, it's just like playing a little bit of footy, getting on the diesel on the weekend, you know what I mean? I wasn't really focused around that. Even when I was still trying to figure it out, you know, uh, there was no real staircase or progression from school to age grade to that. Whereas now you get a lot of things given to you and it's on a plate, really. You know, even if you're not the most skilled or most talented, if you've got big drive and commitment, you can, you've got a good work ethic, you know, you can still make it. I'm not saying you couldn't back then, but the window of opportunity and, and, and uh, is longer. You know, they don't tune you out as quickly, I think. See, it's interesting because my old man always told me, he's like, mate, if I had your opportunities, you know, I would have been the bloody all black, yada, yada, yada. Um, but speaking to yeah, someone who... Man, no. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. But speaking to someone who actually had a bit of talent, do you think that had you come around in this day and age that you would have made more of your talent or perhaps gone a bit further with yeah, your career? I mean, I mean you, gotta, you also got to look at how the game was played back in those days. Um, True. I probably wasn't the most effective type playing forward, so to speak. Like I was hanging out on the wing and I was, you know, for a lot of the time I was called a seagull. Because I was, you know, now it's, you look at the setup, there's always a Lucy on the edge. And I think, oh, that's, that's fantastic. They're out there using your skill set. It's, it's part of the gameplay. Whereas in my day, they were like, mate, they were giving me, yeah, mate, they were, they were uh, yeah, they were just giving it to me. Uh, and they were like, mate, Friday, get in there, do some work. Or, you know, they, they thought that you were just having a break. But I just like to be, I, I like to play wide. You know what I mean? And that was just part of my game that, yeah, it was, it was what I was good at. Um, so the game in itself changed. I think rucking is a big one. Uh, youngsters nowadays don't, don't know what rucking is. So, yeah, everyone says, ah, oh, this, this guy's tough. And this guy will be awesome. But, oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if I had, you know, 12, 21, 21s on, on my boots, man, he was on my side of the rack, you know, would it still be tough if you got up after that? I don't know. This <laughs> <laughs> is how I look at it, you know. But there's a lot of youngsters that, that they, don't, they don't know what their rugby is about. They don't know what it's like to get into, you know, they talk about, oh, dark places, dark places. And then, yeah, you still don't know what rucking is, so, yeah. I don't know. I just think, yeah, the way the game's changed, people say whatever they want to say, but that's just how I look at it. The game's totally different. You know, the, the, that's what I was saying before, you don't have to be that skilled, but if you've got some good work effort, you know, because the way the game's played, it's a 15-man game or 15-woman game. Anyone, you know, it's about... It's about a multitude of skill sets, you know, and one of the skill sets is work rate, fitness, you know, reading the game, all that stuff. So if you can do a little bit of that, I mean, you're okay at it, and you've got a big motor, you can still make it. There's a lot of guys out there with average skill set, but have some pretty decent careers. Not all blacks, but you still can make a decent career, you know what I mean? I was never good enough to be an all black, but I still have, I'm happy with the career I've made, you know, because it's given me other opportunities. So... Yeah, I think in, in that regard, there's youngsters out there that can make some good call and look after themselves just by being average in, in, in the game of rugby if you've got some good good work effort. Yeah, very much the case. I mean, a lot of the guys that I've talked to or the guys that they, they talk about 
the guys who carve out decent careers, yeah, like you said, aren't necessarily the most talented, but they're the guys that keep turning up and make yeah. the good decisions, you know, Monday through Sunday, whereas some of the more talented dudes, especially, you know, during the age grade stuff, you know, I mean, how how many people do you know that were identified as like the next Jonah Lombo oh. or like the mix, whoever, and then they don't even end up cracking super rugby? Yeah, man. Oh, heaps of them. Uh, oh, I was probably one of them. You know, I was one of them that should have done better in my career, but just didn't, <laughs> you know, but, you know, just try and make, make do with what you got. So, but there's heaps, man. There's heaps of them out there, you know, and same with schoolboy or, you know, schoolgirl players, you know, they carve up, you see them on rugby channels, see them, you know, like carving up and, but what happens to them after that? Pressure. Maybe that's one of the, one, one of the issues. Pressure, not from just themselves, but the team, the school, and then the parents or the guardians or whoever. And they still have to deal with it. So, you know, or it's all, all new to them, don't know how to deal with it. And then there's other things pulling at them, you know? other social pressures. So, and that was probably a big one for back in my day, back same as the old man, is that in, in the olden days, well, olden days, the old, you know, back in my day, it was like, there's other things going on. You're not going to get anything out of rugby, so let's just go do this. It's, <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> you know? So, you know, the, the, the guy or the girl that's got the talent, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go over there, do that. That's fun. But now, now we know, you look at, you know, with, with the sevens, for example, they've, uh, they've, done a, they've done it pretty well by giving you know, um, the women rugby players um, full-time contracts for the sevens, you know, so now girls and youngsters in the school, they can see the clear pathway. There's, that's probably that's probably what it was. There wasn't a real clear pathway so you can navigate your way through it, you know what I mean, when, when, when I was growing up, whereas now, there is a clear pathway, you know, you make a, a 16s team, you make a first 15, you make an academy, and then you go into a, a wider squad ITM, the wider squad super team, you know, you get there's, there's a clear pathway same with the sevens, you can focus on sevens now, you know whereas before you you played sevens just to get fit for 15 whereas now it's, it's almost uh, it's rare that a sevens player can still play 15s, now it's either sevens or 15 whereas when I was growing up yeah, we just used, sevens was the vehicle to get yourself you know, it was to stop you from partying and drinking too much over the summer so you can come back in some sort of shape in pre-season for, for club footy. You know, back in those days, it was, yeah, that was what it was. And the sevens was scheduled at, at a good time. You know, the ambassadors that they do now, back in my day, was, was in February. That's good timing. You know, you say, now you can do something, get yourself ready for sevens in February, and then club season starts a month later. Whereas now they've got... Well, the stupid idea about having ambassadors in October or November and sit on your hands for three months before you start preseason. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, come on, mate. Are you serious? There's got to be some better planning than go along with that. But oh, well. <laughs> yeah. they need you to step in and draw everything up because you you had a pretty good success rate with that Wellington team. And uh, oh, bro, I'll, I'll, we'll leave the coaching because we'll, we'll get through your playing career. I just got a couple more cues, man. Um, and because I know that you're a humble fella and you you brushed over it. Um, pretty quickly was playing for Samoa. Now playing test rugby for any nation is a pretty big deal. 
um, especially for someone who played against the likes of you know Scotland, Argentina. I'm pulling this all from the internet, so correct me if I'm wrong, bro. <laughs> right, yeah. um, and also England, I saw that you played at Twickenham. Mm. So like for someone like you said who started off um, a bit stop-starty with his career and maybe didn't take all his opportunities with both hands to then you know turn out you know for his home nation. How did you take to that? I mean, I know you're a pretty cool, calm and collected guy, but was that like a the peak for you? And was it like, yes, like this is it? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, it was, it was, it's a funny thing, eh? Because um, proud, obviously proud. Yeah, don't get me wrong, proud. But I think anyone that that plays for um, their country, they'll always say they're proud. But I guess it's just with with the tier two nations like Samoa and talking talking to my Tongan and Fijian brothers and that when I was all playing together, we all had the kind of same reservations because it was always an uphill battle. I remember when, you know, to even get, get an opportunity to play for Samoa, we had, we had to come back and trial, you know, we had to trial back in New Zealand. Then we had to fly back and we had to pay our own way to get there. It wasn't guaranteed. You know, and communication was pretty poor, you know. So we were just really just hedging all our bets on coming back, playing well, and then getting picked without being told anything else. You know, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I was like, you know, you wish you had a bit of uh, communication to say, look, we can identify these are the things that can potentially happen, or you know, I'm not saying you want to be told you're in the team, but. Um, just some communication, whether it's, you know, we'd love for you to trial out or just pretty much, oh, you know, your name's on the trial. Sweet, I guess I'd better go. <laughs> so anyway, you know, when I first time I made it, um, they named the team and uh, it was after the trial. And um, yeah, mate, I was hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we played the trial on Friday um, in Auckland, we had three quarters. I played every minute, and I think to myself, jeepers, if I played every minute, then I'm definitely not making this team. <laughs> so I thought, you know, yeah, who cares? Come all this way, I'm going to have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> See, such a poor attitude, eh? <laughs> so and I just remember getting told, oh, just don't be late for the team announcement at 8 o'clock the next morning. And I said to myself, yeah, sweet, I'll probably just stay up. I'll be, up. I'll be up anyway. I definitely won't miss it. <laughs> and then, funnily enough, um, when they named the team, uh, we're at the we stayed at the motel, <laughs> it wasn't a hotel, it wasn't an intercontinental, you know. That uh, they named the team, and I was like, My name got read out, and I thought, Oh, shucks, I made the team. Yeah. So I was like, The hangover just the, the, the hangover just went. <laughs> I was like, So I'm like, Oh, shucks, I'm in the team. So I was like, Oh, man, better sort myself out. <laughs> well, that was pretty funny, and then, um, but I remember when they did, did name me, I thought, Yeah, shucks, I'm. I am pretty sick, but not just for myself, but it was, it was a big deal for my, for my uncle. <laughs> my uncle that I said right from the beginning, he, he, he took me to his rugby games when I was, you know, seven years old, you know, and those kind of things. So when I told him, he was stoked, and I was stoked, and I was just stoked that, um, yeah, I got to share that with, with my uncle. So that was cool. But again, it was just tough, it was hard graft. We had some issues. There was always issues with money always issues with those kinds of things you know you just want to get picked and then play you know and don't worry about that Mm -hmm. stuff you just think that your union will help you out because they'll ask you to come and play you know they'll they'll pick you 
and and, that, and that's to this day I'm I'm still like that. I, I don't like getting caught up with politics. You know, the same with when I'm coaching. I don't. You know, that's the manager's job. That's their job. My 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 job's on the field. Same with all the players. Like now, I just want to play. You pay me a dollar. Pay me a dollar. But if you're saying you're going to pay me a dollar, just pay me the dollar. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't say you're going to pay me the dollar and give me 50 cents. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we we're getting peanuts anyway. So, like I said, we had to pay for our own flights to get to the trial in Auckland. And I was coming over from France, you know. So, but it is what it is, you know. You just, you just, you just dealt with it, did it. And then, um, yeah, and then I remember my first game, uh, first test, yeah, was against uh, Fiji uh, back in Samoa. That was, a, that was a pretty good, pretty good day. Um, yeah, family and Samoa were there, so that was good. But I guess, yeah, you mentioned that England test. Uh, yeah, that was an experience I never forget because um, Twickenham was just, yeah, I mean, you try and be cool and think, no, you're sweet, you're sweet. You go out, you warm up, oh, yeah, stadium's filling up, you know, people are trickling in, like, no, thank you, thank you, pack, whatever. Um, and you got to remember, I was I was at um, the Sharks in Kings Park when it's packed. They hold fifty, and they never got packed. But you know, still we still get about twenty five, thirty. So I was like, oh yeah, that, that's a big number. I was a bit, I was a bit talking about that. No, it's all right. And then it was when we lined up for the national anthem. Man. Funny man. So I just kept my head down the whole time. Walked out of the tunnel, heads down. Line up, heads down. And then we started singing. Then I just opened my eyes and looked up. And I thought, oh, I just kept on looking up and up and up. And up and <laughs> <laughs> When's this stadium going to end? I thought, like, there's a lot of people here. And then I just, man, I just, oh, yeah, I think I, I think I shat myself a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mate, there's a lot of people here. Uh, but yeah, felt a little bit of, bit of piss trickling down my, my shorts. <laughs> nah. But, uh, it's, 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 yeah, that was probably the, yeah, that's probably my, the best, um, feeling I've got out of a game, you know, where you think, oh, you're playing a... at that stage, they were, yeah, they were the world, they were the world champs. We're playing them at Twickenham. Oh, I think there was about 70, 80,000 people there. You think to yourself, oh, that's Shit. pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool, you know. And it wasn't full because one of the ends of, of Twickenham was getting redone. So, yeah, it wasn't capacity. But that's just because one end the stadium wasn't finished. But yes, about 70,000 people. I was like, no, that's a lot of people. That's a, that's a lot of beers being drunk today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's probably that game will, yeah, probably probably apex of, of, of my rugby in regards to when I played for Samoa. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. I'm, I, it's one thing, I think the biggest game that I've ever been a part of, like I wasn't even playing, I was at the Lions tests when they last toured. And being mm. amongst the crowd, you know, just of a packed out, you know, sort of chanting yeah, yeah, yeah. stadium, but then to actually be on the field and be like on the opposite end of it, because the, the majority of those guys would have been English fans. Yeah, I mean, and, and as, yeah, I was going to say as well, bro, because I know that you're a competitor and you go into every game thinking you're going to win it. But, you know, like you said, you're, you're playing in a side that is up against it even before you get on the paddock, bro, with all the political stuff mm. that's happening off it. And that's still stuff that happens to this day. So, does it, you know, as someone who's been in those environments when you're playing in those big tests against those those big teams, you know, against the world champs at the time, does that affect your psyche going into it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, it's not just, 
because you just look at your makeup, say for us, we just look at the makeup of our team. We had a few guys missing that, you know, um, were unavailable. And then we had a couple of boys that uh, were picked that were, were locals from, from Samoa. And it's not a it's not a slight at them. It's 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 not not trying to point fingers or blame, but you just know that the level of rugby, village rugby, <laughs> you know, in Samoa <laughs> or Fiji or Tonga, you know, and then it's like, I don't know, it's like 100 levels below what we're playing today. And no matter how hard I'm going to try or the person who's going to try, and people might say, oh, that's not, that's not fair, that's not nice. But it's reality, mate. It's truth. Because, you know what I mean? I, I, I train with those boys and big boys physically, get them in the gym, mate, they're pushing nothing but, you know, they're pushing nothing but the joke they're telling, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know? So, and you just think, oh, shucks, what are we going to do to make up for that, you know? And then there's some other players that are probably still in there a little bit older, but, you know, again, you just know. And yeah. he says, oh, you, you, you can be good, you You're lying, mate. <laughs> He's just lying to himself. So, yeah, don't, don't try and make out, oh, we're going to beat them. It's like, mm, let's just try and, you know, block the damage <laughs> because we know we're playing the world champs. They got a fully professional team. They got access to all these resources. And we come up with a patched up team, you know, guys were back in the village, uh, you know, first time they jumped on a plane and, you know, some of them didn't even come with running shoes, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, I, I can laugh about it because that's my people, man. So it's yeah. all good. Yeah. But it's just reality, man. So we just know. You know, and if we can hang with them, but like that's the same as what I was saying before about you know back in my day opportunities. Like if if the boys back back in the island had the same resources, you know, same access to everything that every other player gets, different story. Will it change the result? I don't know, but I think it'll be a lot closer. You know what I mean? Would we get done that day? I don't know. I'm not too sure. I can't kind of remember the score. And so, yeah. You, you know, man, and I, even I, myself, I mean, I was, I was marking Martin and Corey and I think myself, man, he's pretty good, <laughs> you know, he's pretty good and yeah, I'm, I'm still getting my head around this thing and mm. I remember my, well, I, I, got, like, I think my first carry, I got, I got sniped and I just think to myself, shucks, man, that's, and I, mate, I wasn't holding back on my run, I was giving anything I got, but it was like, <laughs> man, no, that's sweet. It's gonna be like it's gonna be a long eighty minutes, <laughs> you know. But you just you keep trying. Yeah. You just know because their level of commitment, their level of experience, their level of fitness. You know what I mean? It's not gonna deplete as as quick as as me and our boys. So you just know. Mm. Well, hopefully with the you know. <laughs> I was gonna say, bro. Hopefully with the integration of like the the Fiji and Drua and Moana Pacifica hopefully that does something to help push forward the island nations because unfortunately you know the, yeah. the the carrot at you know the end of a race for a lot of polynesian boys like yourself who have a lot of talent early on is the all blacks and with the eligibility mm. rules at the moment um they they take the bulk of the talent bro yeah man. yeah yeah yeah. but just to wrap up bro my last question <laughs> to, to, to do with your career my man south africa now that's a pretty unique experience. You don't get a lot of boys from New Zealand going over there, or at least it's not heavily known about. Uh, and as someone who went through 
the stages of you know training with up and coming all blacks and being a part of those sorts of academies and then playing some decent rugby all over the world how did the south africans differ from the rest of the planet because they have a very unique style of play and it's yeah. been like that through the entirety of you know south african rugby's history and so did you enjoy your time over there did you enjoy the training did you enjoy the way that they played the game yeah i did i did enjoy it uh, i didn't i didn't play my best footy there uh, but um it is what it is but in regards to how they trained the work ethic was mate, it was it was awesome it was good to see you know i was i was in a pretty star-studded team you know we had guys like john smith brent russell uh, aj winter Johan Ackerman, I've got just read the awesome, they're pretty much all Springboks. Um, Percy Montgomery, you know, these guys, and then Tony Brown came over, he played press five for us. So just being around those guys, I see myself far up. I, I just felt, man, I don't belong here, man. These, these guys are, these are next level guys, you know what I mean? I see myself. So I just tried really hard to get in shape. My focus was if I got in shape, and then I can worry about the rugby side, you know, because. At least I'll be, be fit enough. So that was my mentality. Like these guys were, yeah. and they were just so strong, man. Like I used to rate myself in the gym, you know, when I was in England and even here in New Zealand. But I went there, but I was like, and my working sets, some of those boys were warming up on my working sets. So I was like, <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> so yeah, they're just, they're just animals, man, in the gym. They're pretty much eating the tin, you know what I mean? Um, so we're looking at that, I see myself, shucks well, I've got a lot of work to, again, and that's what I was saying before, you know, you play, play village rugby and you think you're, you know, pretty good, but it's not the reality because there's, you know, there's another competition, there's something else going on over this country, you know what I mean? So that's what I mean by it's just, it's just not true. You know, the reality is this, these are guys, and I had guys that were younger than me, and you know, the, the weights they'll push you on is like jeepers. So, what I could control, I, I try to do as best I could. So, that was eating right, doing all the right things, and, and training and getting my skinnies down, <coughs> which I did pretty well. And then it just became about playing. And then, yeah, the playing thing, um, I probably just didn't perform the way I should have and what they were looking for. and and then I had an interesting meeting with, with, the, with the CEO and, and the coaches at that stage. And um, yeah, man, they were talking about the, um, yeah, the, the gentleman's agreement that they had with other teams around, uh, you know, having certain types of players and under certain type of, in, in, your, in your playing 22, 23, you know what I mean? So yeah, and that, that, that wasn't what, what I signed up for, you know, so from that discussion, I, that's, that's why I cut a track earlier, but nah, it's, you know, this is not the place for me, so, but, you know, still good people, but it was just, just a different, yeah, different, um, a different philosophy, I guess, that's probably the, the best way to put it, different philosophy about how they want to go about things. Uh, luckily for us, we, we still try to play rugby, you know, we try to play a pretty good style of rugby, we had some really good athletic, fast, mobile forwards, and we had some, some pretty good, pretty good um, backs as well. So, you know, when you've got a back line with Butch James, Chris Montgomery, Brett Russell, you know, JP Peterson, that's a pretty good back line, you know, and Ryan Pena was, was the halfback. So, yeah, 
any teams, any four packs that start giving those guys the ball, really. And to be fair, our coach, uh, Dick Neal, he's, he was pretty open to, to playing some uh, some expansive rugby and, and try and give it a nudge. And that's why we did we did we did we did pretty well. We came came to New Zealand, you know. And, um, we beat the Highlanders. Uh, down been down to, to the Hurricanes, but we did pretty well against some teams. We did we did well against the Brumbies and all those kinds of things. Just just trying to play rugby, so it was good. Yeah, but they were trying to you know build their skill set. But obviously their skill set wasn't as natural as as probably us. When I say us, when I'm here in New Zealand, yeah, things yeah that didn't happen. Organically, let's put it that way. You know, that had it had to be worked on. You know, we had David Campisi come in and be our skills coach, and I remember he was, yeah. Some days I think he found it challenging try to teach the boys, or you know, upskill the boys around skill. So, yeah, but things that we take for granted. You know, other players, oh shucks, we've got to work really hard at it. You know, so yeah, swans and roundabouts. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Good country, but it's just time to time to move on and do something different. I was just about to say, bro, you were almost the David Campisi thing. That's almost like you and what you were trying to do with your school blocks down at Wainui most fucking Tuesday nights, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I think I you packed block. those in halfway during the season, mate. You were just like, this is not worth my time, <laughs> which was fair enough with, with the output um, you were getting. Yeah, bro. I know. Yeah, like flogging a dead horse, mate. No point flogging a dead horse, mate. <laughs> she's gone. She's gone. <laughs> uh, bolted. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's... You know, you covered off like the bulk of your career, and it was you know there were a couple of things that I wanted to to nitpick out of it, and you know what sort of stood out for you, bro. Um, and I guess just the the last question I'd leave you with is, what's the plan for you moving forward, brother? I know that I don't think you're coming back to Wanui next year, and like, do do you plan to take some time off from coaching? Because I know you've been doing it for so long. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a rest from from the club scene for a little bit. Uh, I'll just focus on the. Uh, a rec program for a little bit and just try and yeah see how it goes down that path eh? uh, try and focus on that a little bit give, give a little bit more just see what happens I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing how the coaching part evolves and see where that can take me uh, if it works out uh, works out great but for it to work out I've, I've got to give it a decent nudge you know so I can't do things half-hearted so I just got to try and give it a go works out awesome if it doesn't no it doesn't so but I just can't not give it a nudge, you know. So, mm. yeah, the club scene, I'll, I'll put on a back burner for a little bit uh, and then just, just see what happens in, in the other space. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll miss being around the boys and that, but I won't miss the Tuesday first. <laughs> you know, I won't miss the Saturdays. <laughs> uh, it got to a stage where, man, I just I actually just want to see you guys on Saturday. <laughs> Let's just see if we can get a result. <laughs> nah. Nah, but, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll just spend more time with the kids and the family and, and the wife and just, yeah, man, get get things back on an even keel, you know. Um, there's times there where it was just, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't working out. The balance wasn't right. So, yeah, just got to get that, things back on an even keel. And then, uh, who knows, man, the wife might be sick of me after about six months and go, go find yourself a team to, to, to annoy for, you know, for the next six months. So, yeah, see what happens. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the immediate plan yeah, just take from me 
Nice, bro. Well, you definitely do deserve some time off, brother. And I was just about to say, yeah. maybe the maybe the wife um, will enjoy you not coming back on a Tuesday and Thursday night just in a yeah. bad mood after all that you'd had to put up with for two hours in, in the rain and the cold over in Wainui, bro. But as I mentioned right at the top of the podcast, man, um, I'm very, very grateful for you sending out some time to talk to me on this. Got a lot of insight yeah, from it. Good. And I'm sure I'll see you around at some stage in the hut, bro. But yeah, yeah man, for sure. Go well. No, thanks. Thanks, thanks, Kingy. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, mate, all the best and catch up soon. Cheers, brother.